And just like that, there was one spot left as Minnesota United looks set to become the next Major League Soccer expansion side. This is the SBI Show. I am Jared Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. How's it going, man? Going pretty well, Garrett. It's uh, another another crazy week in the American soccer scene, and uh, we've got national team stuff to talk about. We have MLS Week 3, but before we get on into all that, we have to talk about MLS expansion. The league con- continues to grow, mm-hmm. and now we know who Team 23 is going to be. Yeah, and with, you know, it, not too surprising this team was always going to be in the running. Minnesota United, one of the stronger NASL sides over the last couple of years. They also happen to have like one of the coolest crests around, so that's a nice addition to Major League Soccer. Uh, but very well-deserved, Ivis. Minnesota United, it looks like the announcement's going to be coming on Wednesday that they will be the 23rd expansion side. Right, I mean, it's not really a surprise. Uh, I think they were always one of one of the favorites. I think, well, them and Miami were always kind of the front runners. And the only real question uh, about Minnesota was uh, which of the two uh, competing bids was going to win out, and that was really the only question because as long well, as soon as they, as long as they didn't end up bringing each other down, and as long as one kind of became the clear cut choice of MLS, Minnesota was always going to get a team. Uh, and once MLS settled on the NASL group. It all became very easy, and and I got to say, I'm sure I'm not alone in saying it. I'm I'm pretty uh, excited to see the Minnesota United the, that group get in because they've they've done such a great job with their team in NASL. They've built a, a great fan base there. Uh, the city itself is one of the better cities uh, of 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 markets that don't have an MLS team yet. They were always one of the top ones. They were always one of the top markets, whether it's TV ratings, whether it's SBI traffic, uh, you name it. Minnesota has always been at the forefront. Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities have, mm-hmm. have always been there. So I think it's going to be a big hit. Uh, I think the, you know, it, I know people complain, oh, it's cold, it snows, it's going to be great. Whatever, man. The, the people there are great, and I think it's going to be a hit. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's also cold in, in Montreal and Toronto and Chicago and Columbus. That that's a, That's a lame excuse, I feel like. I know, but it snows a lot up there. It's I think it snows there more than anywhere. Although now apparently Boston is the new snow capital of uh, of America. But but we'll see. Whatever that doesn't really matter. MLS is not going to a winter schedule. Uh, MLS looked into a winter <laughs> schedule at one point. They actually really wanted to do a winter schedule, but the more they looked at it, the more they crunched the numbers. The more they the uh, they they saw how it would affect ML, uh, affect the teams in, that are already in the league. They they had to shoot it down, and once they shot that down, I mean, it, it, you know, that wasn't going to stand in the way of Minnesota being able to get in. Now they're coming in. At a, uh, unclear at this point what year it'll be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think it'd probably be eighteen or nineteen uh, since twenty seventeen is going to be uh, Atlanta and LA. So I mean, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see another team come into the league, especially a, a, a group that has established uh, management that knows the game and has, has already shown that they know the game and they know how to build a successful product. So that that's great to see. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see when Minnesota will join the league because you're right, you have Atlanta and Los Angeles both in 2014. The other spot, uh, the, the last expansion spot, you still have possibility of Miami. But on the other hand, obviously you have a team like Sacramento where, I mean, to me, it almost seems like they could make the move much quicker than, than Miami could get, you know, obviously get everything ready. Um, I mean, you wonder if you're, they're going to make Let's say Sacramento gets that bid, you know, will they make Sacramento wait so they'll also join in with Minnesota United? And, and speaking on that, I mean, the race is going to be pretty, it's going to be tight, obviously, the next couple of weeks, whether or not it's going to be Miami or Sacramento. Major League Soccer is going to have to make a very tough decision. Well, I think most people have figured out by now, MLS wants Miami. They have wanted Miami for a long time. They still want Miami. They will wait for Miami to happen. Uh, oh, they have waited for Miami to happen, and they've been waiting. And I think they're at that point now where they kind of have to, you know, crap or get off the pot. And I think they've given <laughs> Be- they've given Beckham and his group 
uh, what seems like a, a bit of a deadline now. I mean, Beckham actually is reportedly in Miami right now for the first time since before the World Cup, and you know he's in meetings. He's trying to uh, he's trying to hammer it home, and and Garber's heading there in the next few weeks uh, to see how far uh, Miami's gotten. And if Miami can pull it off, Miami will get the team. If they can get the stadium project that will make uh, Beckham and and MLS happy, MLS is, uh, Miami's getting a team. And uh, that'd be pretty unfortunate for Sacramento because, as you, as you said, Sacramento's bid is legit. It's established. It's set up. They have shown they have the fan base. They have the infrastructure. They have the management. Like, they've, they've, they've passed every single test mm-hmm. you could ask. Uh, that that seems like a real no-brainer if you're, if you're talking about a team that, that looks like they could succeed. Uh, but having said that, Miami has the cachet of being Miami – being an international city, a cosmopolitan city, and I know MLS looks at Miami and sees it sees it as a, a key piece of the puzzle if they want to be an international player because uh, Miami just has that connection to Latin America and to Europe. And when you have Miami in your mix, it just it just allows you to just do a lot more things, and that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, obviously, market size and TV uh, TV market and all that matters as well. But I really think the international cachet of Miami. Is why MLS feels like they need Miami in their in their stable, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to wait until it's absolutely uh, dead. Until it's uh, you know they're going to give it this next few weeks. They're going to give the hard push, uh, and they're going to give Miami every opportunity to succeed. And um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm rooting either way because uh, I think Miami, I think both would be great, but I just think Miami is a lot riskier. Miami, the track record for sports there. The, the, the fact that you don't know what kind of ownership and leadership they're going to have there. I mean, it's one thing to have Beckham smiling for the cameras, but it's another to actually put together a managing, management group that understands American sports, that understands MLS. And I, I don't know, man. I think Sacramento's the – for me, Sacramento's the stronger bid, but Miami's still seen as the bigger market. Yeah, I agree. I, like you said, Sacramento, man, they have everything there. And the fan support that they have has just been outstanding over the last two years. I mean, as they enter their second USL season, they're going to continue to have strong fan support. And uh, yeah, I agree. Miami is a fabulous choice, but I mean, on paper, Sacramento Sacramento makes a lot of sense. Also, I mean, what, what did Don Garber say? I think we have. He said that there was that forty-five day when they kind of wanted to feel everything out. I think we're at least two weeks into that. I was so there's about at least a month left on that supposed Don Garber uh, watch list that he has. Well, I mean, it's <clears throat> at this point, it's going to be Sacramento or Miami. Um, no offense to San Antonio. Um, I know San Antonio is in the mix. They they they're in the conversations. I know they're trying to uh, round up some more ownership or some new ownership to to kind of get uh, bolster their bid. But right now, I think it's it's a two horse race. Now that we know Minnesota's in, Sacramento and Miami are the two. And I think if you if you took a poll around the country, I think Sacramento would win that poll. Uh, running away, I think most soccer fans, most people who pay attention, have seen what they've been able to do and and seen the success that they've had and. Uh, you know, we we had uh, on SBI, we had Caitlin Murray do a nice feature on Sacramento in there and what they've been able to do, build basically building from scratch a, a, a great bid similar to what Orlando City did. So uh, for me, I'm not going to say – I mean, I, I, I'd love to see Miami actually make it work, but I'm skeptical. And I know I'm not alone in being skeptical that they can make it work. So for me, do you go with that that kind of long shot play that could pay off big? Or do you go with the safer bet that looks like it's money in the bank? And and I think that's what a lot of people see Sacramento as right now. You just want Miami so you can go down to South Beach. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't hurt, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know what? I'm getting old, then. I'm getting old, then. Don't I, stop there, it. I've been there, done that. I mean, I, I still remember the days of, of, of the old, uh, MLS road trips when I, you know, when the, the Metro stars would, would go down and do the Tampa Miami double. Uh, they'd always play both, both opponents on one swing. And, um, I'm not going to lie. That's a great road trip. Who doesn't <laughs> want to go to Miami? But you know for, that that shouldn't be what uh what, what dictates what's better for the league and what's what can ultimately be more successful because no one wants to go through what Miami already went through with contraction with mm-hmm. Miami, the Miami Fusion and look to be totally fair Miami the Miami Fusion didn't play in Miami they played in Fort Lauderdale uh, they never got a foothold in Miami proper and I think that's what MLS looks at MLS sees it and says you know we know the Fusion contracted but that wasn't really Miami. If we actually got a team in Miami itself, especially now, because when the, we're talking, what, 12 years since the fusion, 13 years since the fusion we were around in the 13 years, the demographics have changed even more where before it was more Caribbean, a lot of Cubans. Now you have more South Americans. You have a stronger soccer demographic in Miami than ever, ever before. And I'm sure they see that and they and they're asking themselves, how do we tap into that? And right now. You know they're still struggling to get that foothold, and and if they don't pull it off, I don't think anyone's going to cry about Sacramento getting their chance. Well, moving on to teams that actually exist right now in Major League Soccer. Week three is in the books. It's crazy to think I was that we're already three weeks into the season. I had to turn my head and read. She's like, be like, oh my gosh, the season's already almost a month on. It's crazy to think that after what was an incredibly short off season. Um, on Sunday night, Ivis, you were actually at this game. Uh, New York Red Bulls took home a two to zero win over DC United and looked impressive throughout the match. Uh, Sasha Kleshton, Dax McCarty, I thought had a great game, and Bradley Wright Phillips, Ivis, showing that he can score without Tyria Henry. Uh, just a very impressive performance from New York over DC this past weekend. Oh, it was perfect. It, it, it could not have gone much better for the Red Bulls. Uh, and there were a lot of question marks coming in this game about how they would look how they would play, how how would their fans react? Because we know this is their first home game since uh, the drama of the offseason with uh, Mike Pecky being let go, Thierry Henry retiring. Uh, There were a lot of question marks. And, look, credit to them. The Red Bulls, that came out. They played well. They really took it to D.C. And D.C., man, they came out and they stunk up the joint. They they, they were flat-out terrible. They didn't look like a team that was the top team in the East last year at all. But you got to give the you know the Red Bulls some credit for that. And and look, Bradley Wright Phillips, he was the best player on the day. He was uh, SBI's uh, MLS Player of the Week, and and he really stepped up and showed, hey, I'm not just the product of Thierry Henry's play. I can produce on my own. I I am this good. I am worthy of the designated player contract that this team has given me. And he showed it, man. He looked good. He looked he looked the part. Um, so that obviously bodes well for a team that that needs. Players to step up now that you've lost Terry Henry, you've lost Tim Cahill. Uh, they need guys to step up, and Ray Phillips looks like he's ready to step up. Uh, Dak, Dax McCarty, I mean, he's the captain now, and he really, really bossed that game. And 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 so you, you could even argue he was the most important player in that game. Obviously, Ray Phillips scored the goal and, and helped set up Sam's goal, but McCarty was a beast. Mm-hmm. He was a beast in the midfield. So th- those are positive signs. Um, now, having said that, like I, I feel, you still feel like there's something missing on that team. There's some, they're going to need more than just Wright Phillips to step up in their attack. They're going to need. Uh, you feel like they need another player. You feel like they need one more top player, a star player in their attack, if they're really going to be among the very best teams in the league. And and 
you know, we don't know what they're going to do. And as far as that goes, are they going to get somebody in the summer? Uh, are they sticking with what they have now? Because I tell you what, Jesse Marsh should give him credit. They they played hard. They pressed. They really took it to D.C. So they played with a good mentality. But in this, in this league, you kind of need the star power as well. And I just don't know if they have enough to win a title. Now we're talking well, about winning a title. Will they be competitive? Yes. But, uh, you know, I, I'm still not sold. Where would you add that? that okay, where would you add this piece uh, to the tier, to, to the New York Red Bulls? Can't, can't um, talk to that. Well, I mean, I, you put a, well Sal Zizo. His, he, you know, you could replace him. You could put a you could put a upgrade at that position. I, I don't think he's necessarily. I, de- I definitely guy agree on that. That uh, yeah, he's not a guy that necessarily is, is is a world beater. So I mean, when you for me the the question um, the question Dax McCarty Felipe trio. Looks good. Yeah, that that is a nice nice combo, nice group right there, nice diamond. If you play them together in the middle, you're going to do pretty well against most teams. Um, they're going to be a good team. I'll say that they're going to be a good team. I, I had them as a playoff team. Um, do I? I'm, I don't necessarily have them breaking into the top three just yet um, in the East, but I think they're headed in a good direction. And the, and one thing I would say, the players look like they're buying in completely to Jesse Marsh's philosophy, and that's. That's the if you, if nothing else, that's the big thing you want to see from this team, how they respond to the new coach. And and I know a lot of people were upset about Mike Pecky getting fired and 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 what a you know travesty and injustice, whatever whatever you want to say. At the end of the day, the team did it. They got rid of the guy. They got rid of the guy. They brought in their own guy. And if he fell on his face and if the team didn't respond, then you were going to see a serious issue among the fans. But the players are responding. They're really buying into it, and and I think it's shaping up well. For they, it could actually be a decent season for the Red Bulls. Yeah, I mean, you also had another uh, excellent performance from from Lloyd Sam, and uh, Matt Miazga also had a great debut for New York Red Bulls. On the other hand, DC United, Ivis, I mean, do they they they, they, they they even look like they showed up on Sunday? They they looked like they weren't even there. It was it was just a bizarre performance from them. It just came out flat, and and, and yeah, they they just came out flat. They didn't have it. They had the week off, and. Uh, both teams had a week off, but it looks like DC really kind of came in, sleptwalked off the game off. The real question I have, the big question I have, is is in their attack. Uh, obviously, Fabiano Spindle is out, and they're going to miss him. Um, they really need him and his energy in the attack. But then you have Eddie Johnson, who now you know the, he he may not play again, or he, there's questions about uh, medical condition, a heart condition that could that could force him to retire. And if he if you lose Eddie Johnson. Um, you have to go replace him. And I, I don't know if they have the resources to do that, um, but they definitely need to spin a little back and they need someone to replace Eddie Johnson. And that's two big holes to have um, for, for that team. And, you know, if anything, if you're DC, a DC fan, you're going to be worried about how that defense looked and how they gave, they gave yeah. up some re- really good chances, which is unlike that team, unlike that group. Um, but it's early. It's early. It's a little early to write them off. I think, you know what, DC may take us. I, I, I think they're going to take a step back. I said that. Uh, I mean, you can only go backwards once you finish first in, in the conference, right? They finish first. I don't see them first. I still think it's, uh, you know, look, Columbus is looking great. Toronto, I think, could be, is legit. And uh, even though New England's off to a really bad start, I still think New England, when when everyone gets in and healthy, Jermaine Jones is back, I think they'll be all right. But D.C., they need to address those those issues in their attack. Also, slip of the tongue did not mean to say that Memiazga made his debut. My, my apologies, New York Red Bulls fan. Moving over to another game on Sunday. That is San Jose, Chicago. San Jose opening up its beautiful new stadium and taking home a 2-1 to one win. A little bit of uh, um, biting your nails if you're a San Jose fan of this one. I, was, I thought Chicago on the road looked pretty good in this one, but San Jose was the better side on the day, and it obviously just makes sense. San Jose... 
brand new stadium. They need to go home with a victory. Absolutely. A perfect debut for, for Avaya Stadium and the Earthquakes. All of a sudden, you know, two weeks ago, you know, they're a team kind of floundering. They had one since August. All of a sudden, they're on a two-game winning streak. <laughs> they opened up their beautiful stadium. And things are looking up, and Dom Kinnear is looking like a magician right now, which, hey, at the end of the day, none of us should be surprised if you follow the league for any length of time. You know that Dom Kinnear is a very, very, very good coach, one of the best in the history of the league. And he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. And, uh, you know, it, it, it all it all worked out as anyone would expect, and not just because they played the fire, because let's face it, the Chicago Fire are not off to a great start. Although, they, I, thought they had, I didn't second, think yeah, they were that bad, actually. Second half of that game, yeah. yes, they, they stepped it up. They, and, but they, that, that's the thing, right? That It's tricky. When you look at games and you try to gauge, you know, a quality of a team – when you get when you like, fall into a hole, right, and you're behind by one or two goals, and you have to chase the game, uh, it, it definitely in, in MLS you definitely have a lot of teams that are, are good with sitting back on a lead, and and uh, it it kind of skews the way the game winds up playing out, and it's a little like fool's goal because. Yes, Chicago played better in the second half, but if you're San Jose and you're sitting on the lead, you're and you're Dom Kinnear's side, and you're you're okay with having that lead and counterattacking, you're not really a team that's gonna go after an opponent like them when you have the lead. It kind of it kind of skews things. That's why, like you know, whenever you look at possession stats in the game, uh, if one team scores a couple of early goals, one or two early goals, yep. I mean that just changes the flow of the game and. Uh, it, it can skew the numbers, and I think Chicago. Look, not to take it in the way, I thought yes, they did show some interesting things. They did show some promise in the second half, but again, they were behind, so it's a little different. It's a little, you know, it's it's easier to play from behind. We're just chasing, chasing, chasing. The other team is letting you have the ball and, and absorbing the pressure. Um, but I don't know, man. Zero three is zero three, and uh, it's not a good start. We knew they would be. We knew yeah. they would start slow because of all the new faces. But I don't know, man. Well, they just did. They, they, look, Harry Ship can't do everything, and Ivis, he, damn it, he's fun to watch. I love watching him play every single week. But he can't be everything. That someone else on this team needs to step up, and and you can't have guys that okay have a blip game here. Okay, they maybe have a good stretch of two games. And they need a guy that can come in, Ivis, and also put the team on his back. Harry Ship, look, he's good, but he needs someone else. And Chicago Fire this off season when, when the transfer window opens, they have to go and get someone else to pair <laughs> with Harry Ship. Um. They just added like ninety players, they, man. But they need well, someone. They need no, someone it's... on 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 a top level. They need to bring someone in that that is a proven guy that can contribute right away. Just well, looking here's... at this team, it's. I'm sorry, it's gonna be another long season for Chicago. Here's the thing: they added guys that were supposed to be that. Sean Maloney is supposed to be a pretty good player, and he hasn't necessarily looked at yet. But he's supposed to be a guy who be able to come in and make an impact. David Akam is a player. Who's supposed to be able to come in and make an impact? He's, you know, he 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 killed it at the uh, the uh, African Cup of Nations. He he was a top prospect in Europe. Teams were lining up, offering the Fire five million dollars to buy him before he ever even played a game for the Fire. I mean, he, these are these are guys who sh- are supposed to be stepping up. And then you have Mike McGee, who's injured and he's he's out for a while. He won't be out. He, I think he's out for a few more months, actually. So Chicago's just in a tough spot. They're in a tough spot. They can't just go at. They went and added. They already did that. They already Kennedy, Igbo, Anike. They got. I mean, they have DPS all over the place, but it's just not clicking right now. And the funny thing is, is it's not even just their attack. I don't. I don't know if their defense is great. I mean, they're I, honestly, man, they're, they're not looking good. And and uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't see it turning around. I don't either. I think I think Chicago's going to finish with the worst record this year. I mean, that, that's yeah, not like that's you know, not like that's a huge like I'm putting myself not, out there not, prediction. It's not really a stretch at this point. It really isn't. 
No. But uh, look, on the other hand, I was quickly before we move on. San Jose, have they impressed you so far in the in the first three weeks? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're 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 Dom Kinnear team. You know, they're very disciplined. They 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 they're organized. They're they're tough. Um, are they are they going to be one of the best teams in the league? I, I I have I have some doubts on that. But are they a team that is going to be in every game? Are they going to make things tough? Are they going to push? One of those last playoff spots, they absolutely could. And a, and a new home, a new stadium can make all the world a difference because you know for the fans are going to come out, you know that stadium is going to be packed, and that extra atmosphere, that 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 pushes the team. And I think that's going to help them. But, you know, it, I think it's still early to say. Like, they're not for me, no. They're not a top four team in the West. But they are now a team that you have to say, you know what, mm-hmm. they just might grab one of those last playoff spots. Uh, moving down, Ivis, to the southern portion of the United States, Vancouver Whitecaps went in and defeated Orlando City 1-0 on a goal in the 96th minute um, from Octavio Rivero, Ivis' third goal in three games for Vancouver. He keeps scoring for them, and, uh, and a good result for Vancouver. I mean, very long road trip to go all the way to Orlando. I mean, it, just like that. I mean, Orlando looked like they were coming away with one point. Vancouver stole it and coming in with three points. Big victory for them on the road. That was definitely a gut punch for Orlando City because, you know, if you watch that game, Orlando City had the better of the play. I mean, almost the entire game. Um, Vancouver showed a few flashes here and there, but for the most part, Orlando was the better team. Orlando did more with the ball. They created more chances. Uh, Kaká, late in that game especially, the last 10 minutes of that game, Kaká was really throwing the team on his back. Mm-hmm. He was he was dribbling at people, faking people out, putting on, you know, pretty nasty moves on people. But guess what? Their attack just could not finish. No one could step up to help Kaká. And that's an issue. And I'm sure Adrian Heath is looking at that and saying, listen, we can't have this. We got to shake some things up. We can't afford to keep giving away these games where we were the better team. You can look, go back to the opener, the NYCFC game. You could definitely argue that if there was a team but based on the play that should have taken in three points, they should have taken in three points in that game. But they didn't. Now... Even in the Houston game, it, you know they were they out they out for me they outplayed Houston and they still needed a a freak play they needed a you know the whole uh, you know back pass and own goal uh, the Tyler Derrick play they needed that just to win and it's crazy when you have is when you're able to move the ball around the way they can when you have Kaká working his magic you've got to be able to produce goals and right now they're just not doing that and I'm, not, I'm sure Adrian Heath is going crazy trying to figure this sort sort these things out because when he looks at his attack he says hey I have guys who should be able to put the ball in the net and right now they're not doing that and 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 Heath is not going to stand back and just let this fester he is going to shake things up and he's already started to do that he's already started to you know let the you know state publicly that he's not happy with things and until they sort that out uh that you know they're going through their expansion blues right now they're going through that uh, that issue of you know when you're a first year team and you and, and you and you're you're trying to build a winner, all it takes is one weak link and and it just won't hold you back. And right now, their their finishers are holding Orlando City back. And Sporting Kansas City and Portland Timbers played to a scoreless draw that was in Kansas City at Sporting Park. Uh, I was I, th- I think you and I expected a few more fireworks in, in this match given these two teams playing each other, but it only seems so fitting that that they played to a scoreless draw. Well, you know, Garrett, as soon as I said this would be the mm-hmm. game of the weekend, as soon as I said, oh, there's going to be goals in this one, it's going to be 2-2, it's going to be a, a shootout, it's going to be beautiful, 
we get what we got, and that's I'll take complete blame for that for the jinx for jinxing <laughs> this game. I mean, I thought it was a good, I, I did think it was a good game. You know, it, it, was, it was a good game. game. I, it was a good uh, game. Yeah, I mean, it's not goals don't always tell the tale on how a good, good a game is and or bad. Um, there were definitely chances, and, and you see the quality. These teams are good teams, right? Um, their records aren't showing that right now, but I, I think when you look at the schedules, especially Portland, look at the schedule they've opened up with, right? I mean, they, you know, it hasn't exactly been been a, a trio of pushovers and that's why i tell people you know when you talk about records and you and you're looking at who's who's undefeated who hasn't won and then people are like oh this team is the best and, and it's like you have to look at the context of the, the schedule who they played how those games have played out if you you know uh well i mean we'll get to we'll get to fc dallas later um but you know a team like portland you know they haven't won. They're zero and zero, zero and three. They have three ties. But when you look at these games, if you've watched these games, you can't sit here and say, "Oh, they're a bad team." They're not. They're a good team, uh, and they're dealing. And considering the injuries too, the guys they've been. I mean, they're missing Valeri. They're missing well Johnson. And for them to play the way they've played in these games, um, this really tough schedule, I've been impressed. And as far as Kansas City goes. Uh, similar. It's a similar deal. You know, they I, they show they show quite a bit at times. They they're still their finishing has let them down to start the season, mm-hmm. but I see quality there. I see quality in both these teams, even though they've tied, even though they you know, they've struggled. They haven't got neither one has a win yet. Uh, they'll be they're gonna be just fine. I think both these teams are gonna sort things out. And and if you watch that zero zero, I think you had to come away. You probably came away frustrated if you're a fan of one of these teams, but as a neutral, I saw two teams that are well, still sorting things out, but are both very good. Well, if you're a Portland fan, you had to be coming away frustrated. I think I saw somewhere that Portland is 0-3 and 8 in March of the past three seasons. I mean, come on, if you're a Portland fan, Ivis, you're starting to get restless saying, I mean, these are points that we're dropping that could cost us a playoff spot, you know, a.k.a. 2014 when Portland did not make the playoffs. Right. I mean, that, that's fair. But at the same time, I mean, last year they, they were just, terrible at the beginning of the year um this year i think it's just different i think they're playing better now the last year their defense was a shambles last year their de- i mean at the beginning we're talking the beginning of the year the beginning of the year wasn't a slow start it was a terrible start and i think this year to start the year when you start the year missing valeri when you start the year still missing will johnson and even uh, Diego Chara was hurt early at the very beginning. I mean, that's already putting you in a hole. So it's a different approach going into the season. You can't look at last year and say, oh, we don't want to do it last year. You're already dealing with a different set of circumstances. And they've done that. And not only have they dealt with it, they've played well despite those injuries. And for me, yes, obviously you'd like to get a win here and there. But look at the opponents and look at uh, and look at the way they've played. I mean, you play R, you play RSL, mm-hmm. you, who had Nick Romano stand their defense blocked. I don't know how many shots off the line. Then you have LA, who's look LA's the champs. LA's the top team or one of the top very top teams in the league. They played them toe to toe. They were right there with them, toe to toe. Could have very easily gotten a win. Out of that if game. it wasn't for an Alan Gordon <laughs> winner, exactly, <laughs> equal, exactly. equalizer like he exactly. always does. Yeah, I mean seriously, it has taken some crazy stuff for them not to be three and zero. And that's why for me, look, and I know people always say, oh, you love Portland, you love Portland. Look, if you've watched these games, I don't know how you can sit there and say, oh, they're not they're not a good team. They're a good team. Last year when they were starting the year and they were they hadn't won in eight games, um, they had some stinkers. And for me, they haven't had a stinker yet. And that's why I think, if anything, I'm sure Caleb Porter's frustrated about the ties, but I'm sure his his perspective on the way this season has started is a lot different than it was last year. Oh, we all know that you love Portland because your second family is there. I mean, that that goes without saying. 
Uh, my wife probably thinks my second family's in Philly because that's where I, I spend probably more time than anywhere. That but, is true. Uh, you do spend a lot of time in Philly. I haven't been to Portland in a while, man. I need a trip out there. I need a. I need to make a figure out a look at the schedule and figure out a time to get out there. But yeah, no, it's been a while. But to give you an idea, real quickly, Portland's schedule going forward. It's also not, it doesn't get any easier. Obviously, you have Vancouver. F, I'm sorry, you have Vancouver, FC, Dallas, Orlando, New York City. Seattle, Vancouver, and then finally on May 9th, you have Montreal Impact, which you could probably say, okay, that's the easiest game out of the next seven on their schedule. I mean, that, that's a, still a tough schedule coming up for Portland. It's a, it's a tough one. I don't think they're going to mind playing Vancouver. I think they're they're eager to go at Vancouver. You know, nothing at the, nothing against the Whitecaps, but I I, I I can guarantee you, Caleb Porter is not worried or losing any sleep about playing them. I, he's probably really excited to play them. So uh, we'll see. And uh, I mean, they'll I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right. It's, and Casey, I, I you know, Dom Dwyer. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Like you know, he needs to sort himself out. Uh, once he gets going again, I think they'll be okay. Um, I, you know, I like what I see from there. Some of the new faces that they brought in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, like I said, both these teams, I think they'll be fine. And on Saturday night, LA Galaxy at home played Houston to a 1-1 draw. It literally looked like LA was going to run away with this match after Robbie Keane gets a goal in the third minute. Then Houston answers back on Nathan Sturgis, and then the game after that becomes pretty sloppy, and Houston did everything they can do, Ivis, to pull a point away in this match. wasn't the prettiest match, but look, for Houston, you're on the road against the defending champs. You're, you're going to be happy to walk away with a point. Oh, no, no question. I mean, I, I think most people read this as a blowout and thought this would be be a, be a beatdown, but it wasn't. And credit to Dynamo, you know, they, they went in there, they got the set-piece goal, you know, that's what they're going to be about, man. They're going to grind, they're going to get set-piece goals, they're going to, Tyler Derrick's going to stand on his head, and they're going to grind out some results. And and you know what, that, that's fine for that, for, for, for this particular week, you know, you get a point on the road against the top team, or one of the top, for me, the top team in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means something, that, that's, that's good, that's good. But, you know, I'm still I – mean, call me skeptical. I, I still feel like you need to see something to show you that this team is really uh, a team that you need to take seriously because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if that's just what they're going to be, a grinded-out team, then then I guess that's just what they'll be. And, you know, they'll 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 have their limited kind of ceiling, right? I mean, I think they're a team that's going to be a, four, a five or a six playoff team in the West. They're not a top – I don't think they're a top four team. Maybe when Kubo Torres gets there, that gives them a spark. But – um, it's a it's a positive. I'm not I'm not gonna get all down on Houston because on this particular week it was a good week for them. So credit to them. If you're the Galaxy, you got to be pretty uh, pretty ashamed because this is three points. You need to get your three points. This is a team you should be. You start off perfectly with a goal, early goal. Mm-hmm. You have to put them to bed, and they didn't do it. And I know Bruce Arena wasn't happy about that uh, after the game. Just as you know, his comments just you know they they didn't have that killer instinct. And if you're the champs, you got to have that. You got to put two three goals in, put a team away break their will. And they didn't do that. They let them stay in the game and credit to Houston credit. You know, that they, they, they showed that toughness and they're going to be a tough team. Are they going to be an elite team? No, uh, no, they're not. That, that's, that's the problem with Houston. I is you have two, look, they have good sound quality players. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have so many players on this team where their range of talent, everyone's kind of almost on the same page versus a team where Seattle, L.A., where you have guys like Clint Dempsey, Robbie Keane, who are at this extreme, stream top level of talent. I mean, Kubo Torres, is he there? No, not really, but by the time does he show up? I mean, is that going to be too late for Houston? Eh, probably. I mean, that's the thing with Houston. You don't have anyone that 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 is that, that next-level type player right now on the roster. Right. I mean, you know, Brad Davis provides service. 
Charles Barnes is pretty decent. Boniac Garcia has not shown what he showed his first year. First year, early second year, he's kind of the the dynamism is not has not been there for <laughs> hey. in, the, in the attack in the attack. Um, so I don't know, man. They need something, and I know Kubo Torres will help in the summer. But you wonder if they need something more. You yeah. wonder if they need something more. So, uh, you know, at this point, they're going to grind out results. It's going to be ugly. And, and, and you know, uh, Houston fans, maybe they, they've come to to kind of accept that as long as they get the results. So we'll see. We'll see how they do, man. I, I, I'm just not overwhelmed. I'm not through. I'm not overwhelmed by this Houston team right now, I got to say. Uh, New England, Montreal played to a scoreless draw. We talked about this one, Ivis, where we thought it was a great opportunity for New England to pick up their first win on the season after dropping their first two matches. And they go out and just have just an end game. Not the best performance from New England. Just a wasted result, missed opportunity for them going up against Montreal, who's coming off two days rest. New England, their their March woes continue, Ivis. They're like Portland, man. They cannot win in March no matter how hard they try. I don't know, man. I I don't know if I'm going to sit here and say this is a, a long-standing trend for New England. Obviously, last year they started slow, and this year they're starting slow. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think this was a game. I, I agree. This was a game they should have taken. They should take. You got to be able to take your three points at home against a Montreal team that is tired, that is, has just come off a big midweek game. You got to be able to put this away. Uh, and I, I'm sure Jay Heaps has got has got to be disappointed by that. Um, and if you're Montreal, you're excited, man. You're excited. But the downer for them, obviously, Cameron Porter suffering an injury looks serious. As of Tuesday morning, we have yet to hear the the, the final prognosis on that. I know I know when you looked at the play, it looked like pretty clearly like he probably tore a knee ligament, and that's probably going to mean the end of the year for him. And it's pretty sad. And, it, and it, there's a little deja vu here if you think about it. A year ago at this time, there was an attacking player, a rookie attacker, who was who was tearing it up at the beginning of the year? Kind of you know surprising people came out of nowhere. Wasn't a first round draft pick, showing flashes. It looked like he could have a great year. Boom, he tore his ACL, and we're talking about Tommy McNamara. Tommy McNamara a year ago, uh, same situation. Early in the season, he's killing it, and boom, terrible timing. Cameron Porter. Hopefully that's not what's up with Cameron Porter. But if it is, it's it's devastating. It's devastating because the guy looked legit. He looked like he looked legit. He looked like he could be uh, a real uh, impact rookie. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But Montreal, man, I don't know. Defensively, they've really – give Frank Klopas credit. Defensively, they've really put together a tough group. And, and Lawrence Simon is, is obviously looked the part. Baki Sumari has, has enjoyed himself a renaissance uh, since uh, – uh, going to Montreal, and 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 I don't think people should be surprised by that. I mean, he's reunited with Klopas. He's up in uh, in French speaking land, where you know he obviously, uh, having lived in having grown up in France, and 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 you know fluent French speaker. I'm sure he's loving it up there. So that's a big point. That's a big point for Montreal. And if you're New England, it's still not panic mode time because if there's a team that understands uh, how the ro- how MLS seasons can be a roller coaster ride. It's New England because that team, and let's not forget that nine-match losing streak or however long that losing streak was last year. I think they'll be. I still say I think they'll be okay, but you know, at a certain point, you got to start turning things around. And staying on the East Coast, FC Dallas went in and defeated Philadelphia two to zero. Game was supposed to take place on Friday, got moved to Saturday due to weather. Um, Philadelphia went down a man just uh, at the end of the first half, and FC Dallas took advantage of that, scored two goals. Um, in the second half, and came away with a two to zero victory. Ivis. Yeah, it's a you know look, FC Dallas credit to them. They 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 took full advantage. They really uh, uh, 
Zach Pfeffer. That was that was an ugly play, and he definitely tried to let everybody know it wasn't intentional. It wasn't a, he didn't mean to do it, even though it looked like it was a straight up MMA elbow. Um, but, but FC Dallas, man, they, they they took full advantage. They 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 put the goals in, and they're three and zero now. Credit to them, three and zero. Only three and zero team in the league, so they're off to a great start, right? And you don't want to rain on that parade too much. But I feel like I said it a year ago, and I feel like I'm I feel like there's a little deja vu. Um, when when they got off the their team, they they've managed. They do this every year. It almost feels like right last couple of years, they get off this this amazing start. Breaks go their way. They're playing teams that you know whether it's red cards or, or players being injured or whatever or bad calls. Things go their way. They take advantage, right? And but but when you kind of look at it, it it it, it flatters them. It flatters them. I, I think they're a good team. They're gaining confidence. They, Oscar Pereja, great coach. He's really. He really has them believing their defense is playing well. So, uh, yes, from the positive standpoint, they're playing well. They're looking like a playoff team. Absolutely looking at a playoff team. Having said that, are they one of the best teams in the league now? Are they? Are you looking at them, oh, MLS Cup, blah, you're going to win it all, Sports Shield, just win every every trophy there is to win. Settle down, people. All right? Because we've seen how these games have played out, uh, and things have definitely gone gone their way, uh, uh, you know, on multiple occasions. And credit to them, they've taken advantage. They can only, uh, you know, do what they, they they can only play with the hand or dealt. And if yep. things are breaking their way, if if, if linesmen are, are completely botching calls, or if or if other teams players are just you know throwing elbows that cause them to get thrown out of games, you know what? It's not their fault. So I'm not gonna I'm not taking that away from them. But having said that. I am not ready to buy into the hype and say they're one of the best teams in the league. I just am not ready to do that because I don't – I think – you know what? When you get to the tougher part of your schedule, then you can talk. When you can – you know, when you – when you and it will, and they'll get there. They're going to get some tough games coming up. And then and, – and I, I'm t- I swear to God, if we go back a year mm-hmm. and we it'll go – I'm sure we could find SBI – someone could go find SBI shows – Last year, around the same time, where I felt like I was saying the same exact thing about this FC Dallas team. Oh, they're a good team. Uh, they're going to be there, but don't let. The, but they're playing. A, you know, the results are, are flattering them right now. I swear. I swear. I said the same thing. So it, it, not much has changed. But credit to them. They're taking the points because and those points come in handy later in the year. Yeah, they definitely do. And, and look, and you're right. I, look, da- I agree. Dallas is a, is a good team. But if you look at the result last week against Sporting Kansas City, Boss Perez is offside. That that gets allowed. Uh, I mean, look, the scoreline indicated that FC Dallas won three to one, but but that does not indicate that the game was much closer than three to one. And you look at this game. I mean, you take away the air from Fabinho. There's no way that that Tesho Candeli scores that opening goal for FC Dallas. And then after that, then it kind of goes downhill from there. So look, also on the same. But on the other hand, obviously, I mean, good teams take advantage of mistakes and they punish the other team. And that's what Dallas is doing right now. I mean, bad teams do not know how to take advantage of, of those mistakes. And and that's why I, I agree. I mean, I think Dallas is maybe in that conversation for maybe top four teams in the league, but I still think it's so early in the season to crown it, you know, this is the best team. Because once once the summer hits, Ivis, I mean, anything can happen in this league. Right. I mean, it's crazy, man. Just, I mean, uh, this is the last thing I'll say on them, and then we'll talk about Philly. But think about their three games, right? First game, they play San Jose. They're at home. And it takes a a stoppage time goal, right? And credit to them, they 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 found a goal, stoppage time stoppage time goal. They get the win, one zero, right? And then obviously the offside call and, and everything that happened in that game in, in the KC game. And then you have this red card. So things have gone their way. And credit to them, absolute credit to them uh, for taking advantage of these of these plays. But uh, are they no? Are they one of the top three teams in the league? I'm not ready to go there yet. 
if you want to do power rankings based on their results, yes, they're absolutely a top three team. But you have mm-hmm. to give them that because they're three and zero. Yeah, you can't. You, once you've got, you, you've we've got three games now. We can't we can't just completely ignore the records and say, oh no, they're not a top three four team. They're we're gonna put them there. We're gonna the, the power rankings will show that, but we will see as the season plays out uh, if 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 they find a level or if they, if they ha- or if they're really truly ready to reach a new level. And and I need to see them play. LA. I need to see them play Seattle, uh, those top, top teams. And then, and then we can really start to say, okay, yes, this is a team you have to start thinking about for MLS Cup. Well, how convenient. FC Dallas plays Seattle next week on March 28th. Just, just seems to work out perfectly there well. There you go. Yeah. That's, hey, that's what, you know what? That's, that's how it works, man. Yeah. It, you know, the, the, the schedule, overtime, the schedule t- tells the tale. And, 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 you know, you can get a couple of games here and there, go your way. Uh, but then you know what? Eventually, you have to play everybody, and uh, and now we're gonna see. We're gonna see in these next few weeks with with FC Dallas. They're, they and look, they've done well against Seattle last year. I mean, or I mean, last year actually, Seattle last couple games took it to them. But those have been some great games. So, but look at these next games: Seattle, Portland, uh, Colorado. They should beat at home, but then you have Toronto. Toronto. That's that's uh three of their next four games. I, I you know, we'll, let's talk. April on April twentieth when we record the show on April twentieth. Okay, let's let's see what we're saying about where FC Dallas is. On the other hand, Ivis Philadelphia, it's tough to uh, be able to pull a result when you're down a man. That's unless you're San Jose. But for every other team in the league, it's very difficult. Uh, Philadelphia still, Ivis looks like the team they're trying to figure out their identity. The midfield's kind of a little bit of a mess right now. Uh, I mean, you know, just it's a small sample size of three games. But I mean, kind of where do you think Philadelphia sits right now? It's it's a tough one. It's tough to say, right? I mean, it. I, I mean, honestly, they're not too far off what I thought they'd be. I thought they would be kind of one of those teams on the fringes of of the Eastern Conference playoff conversation. Uh, on the outside looking in, though, I mean, I didn't. I don't. I don't believe I projected them to be a top six team. Um, and, and it's a tough one. You know, you, it, they would play. They, I thought they played well before the red card, right? So it, it's tough to kind of. To, to, to measure that and say, oh, you know, they look at just a 2-0 and say they're a bad team. They, you know, that Colorado game is the one that's really coming back to on them right now because they should have won that game. And if they win that, think about that. Again, the margins are so small when you're talking about a few weeks. Think about the union. First game, they outplay Colorado. They very easily could have won that game. Then you get to the then you get to last the, the the next week they play Real Salt Lake. They're on their way to a win on the road against Real Salt Lake. Very tough place to play. And then a complete phantom uh, penalty call cost them three points, right? They should have won that game. So right there, boom, they could very easily be 2-0 and going into Philly, I mean, going into the FC Dallas game and playing well early in that game before Pfeffer's uh, elbow. Uh, and that changed things around. So for me, I think they're a decent team. I think there are some questions there. Uh, 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 well, for me, Ryzen Boley, what is this guy – it, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've seen him play internationally, and he's looked amazing. But with the union, he just looks unsure of himself. He looks just really shaky. He He's completely useless in the air. Uh, you want to talk about dealing with balls in the air. Can he make a great reaction save? Sure. Can can he do that? Absolutely. Does he command the box, the penalty area well? No, not at all. The guy's positioning is wrong so often. It's unbelievable for a guy who's supposed to be a high-level goalkeeper. So, I think there's some issues there, uh, but you know I think they'll I think they'll get better. I think when you look at their schedule, they got they have Chicago next, uh, and you know that 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 if they don't win that game, then then you can start to say all right, then we have, we can't take them seriously. 
Um, then maybe my op- maybe my prediction for Philadelphia was right if they can't win next week, Ivis. Oh, right. Hey, there you go. You picked them last. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, they, with the talent that they have, they should not. They should not uh, be one of the worst teams in the league. That's that's my opinion. But right now, they're not playing that great. Uh, final game of the weekend, Ivis. Before we move on to the U.S. Men's National Team, Colorado at home played to yet another scoreless draw against New York City FC. I think Colorado hasn't scored a goal in what seems to be almost, I think, over 300 minutes at this point. Um, this is look. This what is there to say about this game, Ivis? It was just very ugly all around. Uh, yes, the less said about this game, the better. Uh, it was definitely not a. Uh, it was it was not a great game, not a great game. But look, credit Colorado. Uh, it, it's interesting, Colorado. They're at home against an expansion team, and you almost feel like they probably came away pretty happy that they got a point. And then mm-hmm. it just shows you how you know the lay of things. I don't know, man. The rat, <laughs> the, the rapids. It's tough to say. It's tough to say too many amazing things about that team. Um, NYCFC lay. Josh Saunders pl- played a heck of a game. Uh, he he made some saves. Uh, I will, oh, for Colorado, I'll say Axel Schoberg. Or Axel Hoiberg, uh, as I, th- I believe he says his name, rookie uh, who, who I was a big fan of uh, coming out of college and at the, uh, coming into the draft. I, I, I was really, I really thought this guy could, could be something, and it's great to see him uh, just force his way into a starting role. I thought he played well. He's definitely a bright spot for them. Uh, for NYCFC, you'll take a point. You'll take a, you go on the road. You're playing in altitude against the West Coast team, even though they're they're a team you in theory should beat if you want to consider yourself a top team. Um, they'll be happy. They'll be happy with a point. And, uh, you know, it's just, just keep moving along for NYCFC. I think they're up to a good start and, and they continue to show quite a bit of promise. Oh, well, speaking of, uh, NYCFC, Frank Lampard, I was our reports coming out that he could be joining the club very soon. His, his role at Manchester United has slowly, um, diminished. He's not playing as many minutes as he once was a few months ago. And, uh, look, if you're NYCFC, I mean, you're very happy at this news. You're very elated and you would love to take Frank Lampard as soon as possible. Right. I mean, uh, he's obviously, if you can get him by April, I mean that, that you're, you're, you're pretty happy because, uh, and it would be funny if he ends up only missing uh, a handful of matches considering all the drama about, uh, about his decision to stay at city. Um, but right now he's not getting playing time. Uh, cities, uh, they, they're out of all of their trophy competitions, except, except even the league at this point is, is, is a pipe dream for them. I think, uh, Chelsea has pulled away now and, you know, they're going to end up with trophies and, and they don't need them. They don't need them anymore. So if you're Frank Lampard, you're not getting playing time. You're, uh, you know, and man City's not winning anything, winning any trophies. So why stick around? You know, you, you see what, what's going on at NYCFC, you see they're off to a good start. You want to be a part of that, so I, I totally see. I, I think this is going to happen. I think Lampard's going to come in. Uh, the MLS uh, transfer window it, it closes in uh, in May, so he has some time, uh, and I think he should come over as soon as he can. And not oh, because NYC is FC is in in trouble or anything, but the sooner he gets here, the better, just to kind of get used to the team and get acclimated, find his position, and, and so Christ can figure out how he's going to fit the pieces. Uh, pieces together because obviously you know once he gets there Lampard's going to be in the lineup so we'll we'll see it we'll see how that goes I think he's going to be there so I tell you what by by mid April late April definitely by May I think you're going to see Lampard in the NYCFC starting lineup and days after Colorado uh, announced the sale of Deshaun Brown they have signed Kevin Doyle uh, Irish international has been playing in England. That doesn't start till July 1st, Ivis. So there is a considerable amount of time before he joins the side. But we did talk about this. Who's Colorado going to sign to make up for Deshaun Brown? Bringing in Kevin Doyle. 
Well, I, <clears throat> well, I think it's more of a case of they had their eye on Doyle and they were going to bring him. And uh, once they made that decision that they were going to bring him, they had the you know they had opportunity to move to Sean Brown. Um, you know, Doyle, Doyle, someone with a with a very good track record. Um, you'd like to think he can come in and and, and score some goals and make an impact there. Um, but I don't know, man, Colorado. I, you know, I, I, I should. It, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this team, man. It's just they're weird. They're they're a weird one. They're a weird one. Like you you look at you look at the pieces and you say they need they still need they still need a couple of guys. They still you feel like they still do. But uh, Doyle should help. Doyle should help, and uh, I tell you what, their defense hasn't done too badly. Their defense is uh, uh, has held up pretty well. So uh, we'll see what Doyle can do. I think he'll score some goals. I don't think he'll be a bust. And moving over to the U.S. men's national team on Wednesday, Ivis, the U.S. are set to take on Denmark in Denmark. We've talked about this, a great opportunity for Jurgen Klinsmann to call in what could considerably be one of the strongest rosters he's had since the World Cup. When you look at the roster at first glance, you're saying, man, this is a really talented roster. But then when you really look at the roster and take a fine comb to it, I mean, you're going to realize that Jurgen Klinsmann left some big names home. Matt Beasler makes Discrew, to name a few. Uh, you know, I guess uh, overall thoughts on the roster. It looks good. Some some familiar names not there, but but overall, man, this is gonna be a very strong U.S. roster that we're gonna see on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if I'd say very it, very strong is a little is a little strong. This, this is what I, I've come. This is what I've come to kind of understand about uh, the U.S. national team and its rosters and Klinsmann. Basically, whenever a roster is gonna come out, you really have to ignore anything that Klinsmann has said before. Um, and because if, if you if you if you think too much about what he has said before, it's going to make your head hurt. Because you know, in, in just a month ago, Klinsman gave the you know he talked about all oh, he's looking forward to being able to bring his full uh, a full strength team together in March, right? Uh, with these friendlies against Denmark and Switzerland, you, you, you know, bring together the strongest possible team. This is not the strongest possible team. Now, the if we can avoid getting hung up in what he said a month ago and just look at it. On its on at face value, look at the roster. There's a lot of interesting things here. There, there's some promising things here. It's good to see guys getting opportunities uh, who who haven't had a chance to because obviously you know European based players have a more limited number of opportunities to play for the U.S. Uh, uh, because they have the, they can only really play in the windows in the FIFA FIFA windows FIFA dates. So it's great to see guys like Tim Ream, Danny Williams, Alfredo Morales. Uh, get their opportunities uh, to to have a look. So I think from that standpoint, if you if you ignore what Klinsman has said in the past and and don't get caught up in the contradictions and just focus on hey, uh, has he done a good job of calling in a, in this group? And and I like the group that he's called in. I actually I do like the group. Um, and and there's explanations for every every guy he called in, and there's explanations for every guy he didn't call in, except for me, except for one, and that's Jeff Cameron. Uh, I just don't like he's playing and he's playing regularly. Bring the guy in <coughs> um, because you know what? It, it, he, he it's not like the guy's a locked in national team starter uh, where you don't really have to worry about anything. He hasn't really been a consistent starter for the national team. So now you just leave him out. And if you're leaving him out, then you're pretty much subtly saying, yeah, you know what? We don't know if this guy's a long term option for us. And that's how it comes off. And Klinsman can paint any kind of picture he wants about, oh, you know, we, you know, we have other, we need to look at other guys to see what they can do. And it, it's like he kind of insinuated that he knows enough about Cameron that Cameron doesn't have to show anything. But having said that, let's 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 table this from uh, six months from now and see if Jeff Cameron's in the picture. Because if Jeff Cameron's not is in the he, picture, 
then we will have known that this was kind of the first steps towards him getting pushed out. Well, toward the next steps towards him becoming the next Eric Lehigh. Not Lehigh. How about Bocanegra? Because, uh, I mean, Lehigh was never really part of the national team, other than, other than you know, the Gold Cup of 2011 where he got a few opportunities. Uh, I, the, the player that came to mind for me is Bocanegra, who went from, you know, I was captain of the team and, and starter and all that to, to MIA and never seen again. And, and eventually he retired, right? Um, Cameron is still playing regularly in, the, in a top league. Uh, so bring him in, bring him in. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe there's more to this story. Maybe there is. Maybe Cameron begged out of it. Maybe he's, he's playing a lot of matches. He, and who knows? Like, we don't know. But just on what we do know, it seemed like an odd, uh, an odd omission. Now, moving away from that and looking at the guys who are in the group, uh, I like what I see. I mean, Ventura Alvarado, William Yarbrough, obviously the two dual nationals who Mexico, uh, you know, could consider or have considered. I think it's you know it's great to see both those guys come in, and you kind of knew it would happen when because uh, Klinsman mentioned both those guys a week ago in in Philly, um, and once once he actually said their names, you thought, oh, all right, well he's these guys are coming in, these guys are definitely coming in, and you want to see how they can do. I mean Yarbrough, it didn't have the best week last week, but he's a guy he's won a he's won a title with Lyon, uh, he's been a you know a starter for a couple of years now, so he's a promising prospect. So you like seeing him, and Alvarado obviously is really coming to his own at Club America, becoming a regular there. Um, so, hey, another young defender. You love to see that. Um, so for me, I, I like what I see out of this group. I know some people had issues with some of the guys, such as the Julian Green and DeAndre Yedlin call-ups, because, hey, why are these guys getting called in? They're not seeing minutes. Why not send them to the U23 team? What's going on with this? So, I, I mean, I hear that. I hear the arguments for that, no doubt about it. But I like the group, and I want to see the 11 that Klinsman ends up settling with. Well, I mean, definitely when the game kicks off on Wednesday, Ivis, when you when you speak of the 11, I mean, is Nick Ramondo the obvious choice to start in goal on Wednesday? Yes. Okay, then you move up to the defense. This is kind of where it gets tricky because without Jeff Cameron, without Omar Gonzalez, without Matt Beasley, I mean, you're losing guys who play significant minutes in Brazil. I mean, you look at it. I mean, Breck Shea is the most capped player on the defense. And you have Timmy Chandler, Tim Ream. You could see him start. John Brooks. I would love to see Ventura Alvarado uh, when you look at the back line, Ivis, I mean, there's tons of choices here, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what Jurgen does on Wednesday. I mean, who who do you think is going to be the four that Jurgen will name on Wednesday? Uh, eh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I think we'll see. Uh, for, for me, Fabian, the, where Fabian Johnson goes is going to be an interesting question because uh, he's been getting more minutes for his club side in midfield. Uh, Klinsman has always said he th- he he really likes him as a right back as a right back. So will he, so will he, um, you know, wh- where does he go? Uh, for me, I think you go. Ch- for me, I go Timmy Chandler at right back, Greg Garza at left back, uh, Tim Ream and John Brooks in the middle. Um, and I know Michael Michael Orozco is in, and I know Klinsman has, has, has likes Orozco and has given him plenty of starts. So I think we could see that. I think we could see Brooks Orozco. But for me, I would like to see Ream and Brooks. Um, I know you'll say, "Oh, that's two left-footed, left-footed players." Uh, Brooks can play on the right. I mean, he's 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 good with his right foot. He can play right center back. We've seen him play there before. So that's the four I'd like to see. Um, having said that, uh, Greg Garza is coming back from injury, or he just came back from an injury. So if fitness is an issue with Garza, I think you'll see Chandler left back and Fabian Johnson at right back. Uh, and then when you move up to the midfield. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have to pencil in Michael Bradley. You could also say Alejandro Bedoya is in there, too. Um, another interesting guy is Danny Williams, Ivis. I mean, could he get uh, a start on Wednesday? I think he will. I think he will get a start. Uh, and the big question in, in the in the midfield uh, for the U.S., and this is 
fresh news, hot off the presses. Uh, Clint Dempsey has pulled out of national team camp. He has a hamstring injury. Uh, and that that's an interesting one because now that opens the door for, for someone to step into a creative role. And, you know, it, it's a shame Lee Wynn's not in camp because he's a guy who, you you know, you've come to to say, you know, yeah, when is he going to get his chance? When, do you get, when is, And he wasn't called into this group. So now, now you ask yourself, well, who are you going to plug in there? Are you going to play two forwards? Uh, and now you can't play two forwards because you have Aaron Johansson. Yeah, I would so love to see Joe Zapsor yeah, and Aaron Johansson. Right. So I think I do think we'll see Danny Williams partnered with Michael Bradley. I mean, I know Alfredo Morales is an option as well, but I think I think we'll see Bedoyer on the right, um, Danny Williams and, and, and Michael Bradley in the middle. And I think we'll see Fabian Johnson in the left wing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't see Miguel Ibarra starting against Denmark. I just don't see it. I think we'll see Fabian Johnson there. No chance of uh, Jesse's artist starting. It's possible. It's possible. You know, that's another. Uh, another you could see, you could see him. You could see him out wide. I mean, just when you, I mean, we're naming out wide players. I'm thinking, man, man I'd love to yeah. see Jazzy's artist out there right. for, but for if 60, we're 70 at minutes. Best, yeah, but you know what? If we're talking about best possible lineup, I mean, I think Chandler right back, Fabian Johnson left mid, left midfielder, uh, and Bedoya on the right wing. That's just the better group. That's just a better level. Zardes is not on that level. He's not on a, for me. He's not on that level yet. And look, let's face it. He hasn't exactly gotten off to a flying start in league play either. So. Uh, I think he'll get some minutes, but I don't know if I see Zardes starting. All right, Ivis. Well, more importantly, I need a prediction from you. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, it's going to be a tough. I mean, look, Denver, D- Denmark is not a bad team. They're a good team, and they're at home. Uh, it's always tough when you have these camps where the team has just been thrown together, and they only have a couple of days to train for the first game. So um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Denmark two to one. I think the U.S. will play well. I think uh, you know. I think we'll see. Uh, some chances created, but you know I'm gonna have to go Denmark at home. You know, two to one. I'll go two to one Denmark. I'll go uh, one one draw. All right, we'll just see. just just to be different from you. Of course, of yeah. course. Uh, <laughs> uh, keeping it on the uh, international front, Ivis. Well, FIFA announced that the 2026 World Cup will be announced in 2017. That's in two years from now. 2026 seems like forever, but it'll be right around the corner. Uh, but the U.S., if they do want to host Ivis, they'll have two years to prepare and to make the bid as it will be announced in 2017. Yeah, it's, uh, 2017 seems like a long way away from now, so it's almost weird to bring it up. But obviously, once this announcement hit, actually, Sunil Galati uh, tweeted it. He actually put it out there, which I think raised eyebrows. It was almost as if he was saying, look, we're going to go for this. And uh, I think people are going to you know, want to they're going to want to have the World Cup here. Uh, obviously, everybody wants to host the World Cup as much as you know, as dirty as this process seems to be. Now it's, Russia, it's not going to be dirty anymore, Ivis. It's going to be fair and transparent, and there's going to be well, nothing wrong. Come on. What I'm saying is, people are just over it. You know, they're just over the World Cup bid process. And even though there's talk about changes, like no one buys that, no one believes <laughs> that. No one hey, I'm, bu- I'm buying into it, Ivis. Don't ruin it for me. All right, whatever. Look, long story short, I would love to see the World Cup here. I think most people would, and I. I know some people will say, oh, don't this not get into bed with FIFA. We, you know, let's distance ourselves from them. Look, 2020, I, I don't know, man. Who knows? How, First I mean, off, this, 2026 is a long time away. If it, it a is, lot will it. change by then. I mean, one, I'm going to be like 40 years old, which is crazy. And you're going to be like 80, which is even more crazy. <laughs> I'll be I'll be I'll be I'll be 50. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I, I'm going to cry now. I'm going to cry. Wait, 2026. How? I will be, yeah, no, I'll be 38 when that, God, 38, man, dude. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> well, look, 40 is the new 30, man. Jay-Z already said it. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'd love to see it here. Um, 
I, I, I love to see one more World Cup here uh, before it's all said and done. But I don't know, man. I, I think I, I don't. I don't think I'm alone in saying I'm really over the whole World Cup hosting thing because just because FIFA has turned it into a real sham, it really have. Well, look, as long as it's in North America, I'll be happy. I mean, even if Canada or Mexico gets it, as long as it's in this general area where it's a very easy flight or an easy drive, I'll be very happy with that. Come on, man. This is the World Cup, man. This isn't the, you know, this isn't some rinky-dink tournament that, oh, I like to be able to drive. No, man, you want to go somewhere. Honestly, I would love for it to be in Australia. I would love for it to be in Australia because I'd like to go to Australia in, in my lifetime. That's the only inhabited continent I haven't been to yet. So, um, Well, you know, I've, I've never been to Canada. So so there you go. Road trip to Canada. Oh, you know, the Women's World Cup's there this summer. So. Yeah. What world do I live in where I can have a normal schedule? <laughs> Hey, come on, man. Aren't you like an expert on women's soccer living in Arizona? That's like the hotbed of uh, of girls' youth soccer. Come it on, is. Man. We got Julie Johnson and Sydney LaRue. Well, there you go, man. So you should be going to Canada for the Women's World Cup. I, so. I should be. I know. There you go. But anyway. But, why, uh, why, why, won't the, why won't SBS Soccer pay me to go up there and cover it? If we were going to pay somebody to go there, it wouldn't be you, my man. Trust me. Wow. Right? Thanks, we, dude. <laughs> we have a Caitlin Murray would. Uh, oh, Caitlin Murray. <laughs> she'd probably run me over if she uh, if she if I sent anyone but her. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. Back to the point at hand. Uh, I'd love for it to be here. I'd love for it to be in Australia. But it's so long from now. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, final thing before we wrap up the show. Barcelona wins a Clasico. Fantastic game. Uh, Ivis, I know you were watching it at the New York Red Bulls game. Um, just just once again. I mean, these these games between Barcelona and Real Madrid never fail to uh, to add drama and excitement and it's always fun to watch i mean what is there to say i mean it's everyone needs to stop what they're doing and watch every single game i know i wish they played more i mean they, they always end up playing more than just twice a year but uh it never seems to be enough and uh barcelona it, it, i tell you what man it's crazy to think last fall uh you know when you went about two three months into the season it looked like real madrid was going to crush everybody it looked like they were going to run away with the league barcelona was in trouble they you know they, they had a rough start and now look where we are barcelona's on a roll messi's playing out of his mind and Real Madrid's defense can't stop anybody. I mean, we, but guess what? They're still in the champions league. So we could see one more. And I hope we see one more, uh, Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid matchup. I really hope it happens. Uh, well, I miss that wraps up today's SBI show before I let you go for the day. Anything else we need to uh, discuss? No, I think that's it, man. We're, uh, I believe this is episode 199. So, is, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Episode 200 will be us recapping the uh, US Denmark game. There you go. So, I don't know, man. I think we might need to take a break, man. I think we need to take a hiatus until the fall. Like, like you know what? We should do like the TV shows. Like, you know, whenever you, they, they, you know, they have the thrilling, thrilling finale and then they, they, they take like nine months off. I think we should try to do that. I don't think that's a good idea. I was, people, I well, people they, need my voice twice a week. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? We'll we'll ask the, if you're still listening to the show, then let us know in the comment section. Do you do you can't should we take a break or should we keep it rolling? Because I got to tell you, man, it's getting so tough for our schedules to work. That's why I, I apologize to everybody. I know we've been absolutely terrible with trying to get any consistency with our show schedule, mm. but it's just tough with our schedules and with the time difference and the the wind the narrow windows for us to get the show off we will keep it rolling but it's it's not easy man it's not easy so. look I'll, I'll say this if someone wants to uh, just you know sponsor the SBI show for <clears throat> x amount of dollars that way you know Ivis and I could then do the show full time I'd be very okay with that full time look, we'll settle for part time at this point we'll set we'll settle for some money at this point but no we 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 need to work on that actually so uh, actually I had a I saw on Twitter someone actually made a comment about if we found sponsors yet and. 
I'm gonna have to hit them up about that because I think they might be a sponsor. Yeah, us, hit them up. But yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm not gonna say who they are, but uh, yeah. We're, we're, your, if we're, you're listening, I saw your tweet, and I will reach out. And we're open to all sponsors too, right? I mean, we <laughs> we don't have rules. Like you know, we could have you know, we're not like any of those. We have to stay away from alcohol and, and gambling. I mean, we could have anyone. Yes, if you're a casino or a strip club, <laughs> we will, we will advertise. Actually, if you're a strip club, we definitely will advertise. I <laughs> will settle down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. My fiance is not listening to the show, so that's that's why I feel very brash. I can say things like that. Some someday she's gonna just randomly click on this show, and it's gonna be like she's gonna end up listening to the whole every episode. And then she's, <laughs> she's gonna write you. A, she's then she's gonna just it's gonna go. She's gonna go crazy. She's gonna gone girl you. She, she already like, is going crazy. I dude. Saw, she already I saw, is. is she, I saw. Yes. Gone, I got. I said I saw Gone Girl the mm. other day. And that and that listen, anyone who hasn't seen Gone Girl, do not watch that with your significant other. Really? It will, it will she she wanted to take me questions. to go see that, so I, I do not need to see that. It's a good movie, but it's just it'll well, I tell you what. I like for as an example, like I've been like I've been with my, with my wife for a long time, right? So like we can look at that movie and laugh at it and, and joke about it. Like you you and your girl have not been together that long, so it'll definitely make you <laughs> question things just i'm not going to give away the movie but <laughs> if you watch that movie with your girl you're definitely going to like sleep with one eye open for about a week seriously okay i'm not <laughs> watching that bad because we've only been together for a year and a half so yeah you don't yeah. watch that you don't trust me okay good i'm glad you told me i'll <laughs> stay away then yes absolutely <laughs> uh, all right Ivis. with that said <laughs> i'm gonna let you go for the day man and and we'll uh we'll touch base later this week we'll be uh, episode 200 man recapping usa versus denmark Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views. Thank you for the comments. That is Ivis Galarzev. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>